Hello, and this is Jared May, your host of Snapchat. We're live today from the uh, ICC in Birmingham at the SAP User Annual Conference 2022. Now, I'm joined by some really special guests today. I've got Emma Chambers, Head of NATS Integrated Business uh, Systems and uh, UK S, uh, S, SUG. The SIG chair. <laughs> yeah, yes. absolutely. Uh, co-chair and uh, focused on women in IT. And that's been a big focus, women in SAP. Uh, we've got uh, Stuart Brown, MD of Resulting IT, friend of the show, been here before. I have, yeah. And Ben McGrail, also uh, Managing Director, owner of Xmateria, specialist data company. Hello, Jaron. Hello. And again, friend of the show. Absolutely. So thank you, everyone, for being here. I know it's been really difficult trying to get us all together, uh, but I thought it was worth just kind of doing a bit of a pre-see over what we saw today um, and what we heard. So uh, it kicked off with uh, Paul Cooper. He came out and Paul's the uh, the chair, the SAP user group. And I thought it was quite interesting what Paul was talking about, some you know, big focus in terms of the user group, but also, you know, some very important messages about uh, environment, uh, social governance, I think he kicked off with. 70% of SAP users want help with ESG. So it's something that's really significant. And a lot of people using that as part of the sustainability programs. Then talking about um, nine out of 10 organizations um, have a bit of a disconnect. Um, but there is a direct connection with profitability there. And he was talking about BTP, again, and a big focus in terms of helping customers, helping users get more out of their, uh, their, 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 their data and integration, another focus there. And then S4HANA, um, big focus on S4HANA, as you'd expect, but a lot about skills gap and the concern about the skills gap. So I just wondered where, where you, where you uh, there was a, that common theme driving through. So... Stuart, what do you um, what do you take from that? The skills the skills gap one. I mean, you know, we've spoken about this before, and mm. I've written various blogs on it. And we've done a research report on it. Um, when S four Hana was launched in twenty fifteen, if you sat and thought about it for a few minutes, you realise that to move forty thousand SAP customers to a new version, there kind of aren't enough people in the world to do that in the time available. So, mm. and they're retiring. You know, yeah. but often I'll say every SAP person I know has a grey beard, um, and th- th- We've not been recreating a generation of people coming through behind them. Yeah. So I, it doesn't surprise me at all those numbers. And I, and I think the stuff that SAP have done recently in terms of helping partners to um, bring grads on board and educate people, not not monetize education so much. I think those kind of initiatives are really welcomed. Yeah. Yeah. No. Completely. It's still a challenge though, attracting people into ERP, knowing that ERP is a thing, and and opening it up for for grads or school leavers. And there was a big, uh, a big focus again by by Paul, um, but by Mikhail a bit later on as well about systems integrators playing their part and investing. Let's talk about apprenticeships actually at one point. Emma, what's your take? Because I know you're the sharp end of this, aren't you? And I think it's not just about attracting new talent. It's about how you upskill the talent you've already got and the teams that you might already have in house or the SIs you work with. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, we were sort of noticing as a community that there was a, a lack of information out there, which is one of the reasons why the UK ISUG has set up the S4 Academy mm. as the first sort of proof of concept of the, the academy style that they want to adopt, which helps to bridge that gap, hopefully, between the training that's available from SAP 
and the knowledge that's already out in the in the organisations that are using SAP and already have skilled SAP professionals as well. Yeah, because I picked up on that because I, I must admit, I, I clearly want to know more about that. I think there was a, you know, um, Craig talked a bit about it later on in terms of the academy, but trying to work out the delineation between we've got training by SAP, we've got training by SIs for their own teams um, and for, for, for customers, but then SAP uh, user group adding that mm. layer on as well, which is kind of a, a, an acknowledgement that, you know, not necessarily is a deep technical training required, but an overall understanding as well. I mean, Ben, you're, you're, you're in, in it as an, organ, you know, an organization that is recruiting and growing. Um, how are you tackling this? Well, I think um, it's definitely the case that people who have got lots of experience in SAP, there's a, there's a lot of people moving out of, of this often, you know, whether, whether that's due to sort of change in lifestyles around COVID or, or people just coming to, people get coming to retirement age, but lots of people leaving. And I think it's, in, I thought it was really good that UKSAG is trying to pick up that baton around mm. training because I think SAP have dropped that a bit. There used to be the whole um, academy program. There, there were, yeah. you, you could come straight out of school, straight out of university onto a four-week course and, and be vaguely useful on, on a project. Yeah. Whereas a, a lot of the training that you see now is, okay, by, by necessity, I suppose, online. But um, a lot of it is based around products that SAP can sell. Yeah. And if you, so in, in my world, you know, so data, data migration, if you think of that as a key work stream in moving to S4, there's no training you can do around data migration. Mm. You couldn't, we couldn't go and hire somebody you know, six months out of university who's been through the Data Migration Academy. So I, th I think picking picking that up, UKSAG picking that up and, and addressing what customers need to to train people into is um, ra rather than what SAP wants to train people to sell, I think I think is a good is a good thing. I think from a from a partner point of view, talking to um, talking to end customers and saying, listen, you really need, I, I, I do see this as, you know, you need to move to S4 because it's, we're running out of people. I think it's completely the wrong, sort of misses the point, I think, with, yeah. with customers. Um, and I thought, and Paul touched on this, Paul Cooper, in his session, he said that, um, I think it was 80, 70%, uh, the, 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 key, the key driver around S4 for 70% of people is, is the maintenance deadline. I'm, I'm not sure mm. I believe that, actually. In terms of people who are thinking why they might need to go in the future, yep. yes. In terms of people who are saying, we're, we're starting our move to S4 HANA now, it's not because of the maintenance deadline. It's normally because of some kind of external external event, say a you know a restructuring or, or, a, or a divestment, or it's um, business transformation. You know, we want to do this in our business, so let's piggyback S4 off the back of it. And I noticed Mikhail picked up on that point as well, because he's really keen to labour the point about you know, please don't look at this as a kind of upgrade. This is a business transformation. He made the point about the stats of change management, the fact that customers, and there were some stats around, you know, customers had kind of underestimated the amount of change management by almost double. Uh, and I think he related that uh, conversation to the Britvic uh, speech last year. Um, but, but, but Emma, again, you, you kind of, you're there dealing with this at the sharp end. So where do, where do you sit on that in terms of the preparation for, for S4? Yeah, I totally agree with Ben. I think increasingly we're seeing more, first of all, that the, the move is being led by the business rather mm. than IT teams. As you say, IT teams might have an eye on that on that deadline, but that's not why you'd be building the case now. And I think it is very difficult to build a business case. Some organisations may be able to do it, but most can't, to go undertake a significant investment, start to put a lot of 
you know, effort and resources into something now when also you're living with a high degree of uncertainty and don't necessarily know what you're going to get at the end of it if you can't build that business case around actually realising your business goals. Mm. And we were talking this morning in our um, one of our sessions where about people from very, very different industries who also have very different experiences of the pandemic recently. So mm. some... Some people saw real growth and got busier than ever. Others saw their industries, you know, really, really challenged. And yet people have come out of the other side with very, very similar goals, I think, to reshape their business, mm. whether it's because of growth or whether it's because you're building resilience again um, or you're changing the shape of your business, you're adapting to hybrid working, which is not going away. Yeah. So I think a lot of us are still looking now at how um, S4 can meet bring the capability that helps you to meet those goals rather than it being a uh, a technical upgrade. And that's what I'm hearing as we talk to others in the SIG, mm. as we go to sessions like the ones we've been at today, is increasingly the message. And, and I think when when Mikhail said, if you, you know, moving to S4 is going to involve a lot of change management, I still think that's the wrong way around. Yeah. I think the change comes first mm. and S4 comes second. And a lot of that is coming out of like post-COVID change, it, working patterns, uh, you know, just just completely different focuses from businesses on, on, on where they're going to direct their attention. And, yeah. and that's going to drive the business transformation, which will drive the, you know, that, that then opportunity to, to do that through a move to S4. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I noticed that uh, Paul from Unipart was talking there about their, their journey. And he brushed uh, upon Signavia. And that's something I've, and uh, the organisation I work for, we've focused heavily on in terms of helping customers to really understand what their ASIs are, help them move to, you know, model a 2B approach and understand the implications of that. But I know, Stuart, you've been doing a lot of work in terms of, you know, the analysis at probably more of a technical level between the two. But are you seeing that that kind of work being done now by by customers? So so we did a research report about three, three years ago, two and a half years ago, um, about 450 SAP customers. And we asked a really simple question. Do you have a definitive list of up-to-date business processes? Remember the old BPML days, right, in SAP? Yeah. Uh, 70% didn't have an up-to-date list of the business processes. Now, I think that's quite scary if you think about SAP is just a technical big box of business processes. If you don't know which business processes are being covered, mm. let alone how they're flowing, let alone the variance in those processes, it's kind of a, a 101 really. And I, where we start with a lot of our independent S4 road mapping, interview execs, find out what the business strategy is, and then just reconstitute the list of business processes in the scope and identify which are the commodity processes, i.e. post in a journal, right? Mm. You don't do it because you want to be a successful organization, you do it because you've got to. But there'll be every organization has some key business processes that drive competitive advantage. Just lighting those up. Before we, if somebody says to us, well, you do as an S4 roadmap, we say, no, we'll do you a strategic ERP roadmap. But if you come into us with the answers S4, it's the wrong, it's the wrong, wrong start point. Mm. So we usually start with what's the business process model and scope and then work out, can S4 address that? So, so to, to Ben's point, there's change management, even if you're not moving to S4, there's change management just to improve those business processes incrementally. It should be an ongoing transformation. Yeah. And I've been having conversations with potential clients and existing clients today after that conversation. And there is a focus uh, very much, particularly with Signavio, about it will provide me in a quick fix. It will give me a list of my as-is processes, but actually fail to understand that this that's just part of the journey. It's the ongoing kind of continual improvement that Signavio is driving at. It's not just a quick, you know, um, suck up uh, your, your SAP environment, tell me what my as-is are. 
uh, yes, I, there's some modelling, and that's the end of it. it. It's very much not. I mean, that is a key part in the S4 transformation, but actually it's about understanding ongoing governance, how am I comparing against my KPIs, how am I comparing against industry benchmarks, how do I improve that continually, what are external events going to have an impact on those business processes. So I think there's still work to be done there. Um, I will come to Emma in a minute about uh, women in SAP because I know that's a really important uh, topic. Um, and and But but I, I think it's worth just brushing on rise again because Mikhail was very keen. And we should say, actually, uh, handled, I thought, his keynote like a pro because, unfortunately, for those of uh, the listeners that weren't there, uh, towards the end, not in the middle, but towards the end, the, the alarms did go off and there was this kind of pause. Was it, was it, was it a, a full-blown... Uh, a fire alarm or not uh, but I think he handled that incredibly well it did, it did go off on the word subscription when he mentioned subscription <laughs> the alarms went off I think <laughs> but, but, but you know again a lot of focus on rise a lot of focus about this isn't going to go away this is not a marketing it's not a flash in the pan I think there was a conversation it was, he, he picked up on and said you know customers are sometimes trying to say which is cheaper and he was trying to say look at the value look at what you're getting you know you're getting BCP you're getting uh, a, a different approach and actually you're getting agility and flexibility within that so it's very difficult to to, to do that Emma from your perspective where, where where do you see rise playing is it is it an, another commercial model is it something that's going to become all Pervasive, what do you think? I think it is. I think people are understanding more about Rise, and it is very different, I think, from the sort of uh, messaging at the beginning when it was launched. I said, you know, there were there's bold statements around you're going to see reduced TCO. And I think Mikhail's point, and I think what we're seeing is that it's not necessarily about comparing what you've got now and putting it on a different platform, it's about potentially growth and mm. being able to bring bring more into your SAP estate. So you couldn't really say it's about getting cheaper. Um, I think. I think we need a bit more transparency around uh, the differences. So, yeah, there's there's a commercial construct, but then by moving to rise and moving to that price point, I think we need to understand as customers what is what standardisation is it that you're that yeah. you're accepting, and also what are the extra options and add-ons and things that you can go for if you if you want to be a bit different. Um, so, I think we do need a little bit more information, a little bit more transparency and consistency in the messaging from SAP. Mm. And and I think part of that is because it's changing by the week, as far mm. as we can tell, what's in, what's out, what are they adding to it. Um, so, but yeah, I see it definitely getting on people's agenda more and perhaps they're seeing it not just as a different way of bundling your commercial contracts, but actually as, you know, a, a different way of delivering the platform as well. Yeah, Ben, ben I mean, you, I, I, I don't know whether you're g having those sort of conversations with customers about, about Rise, but you know, where, where do you see that kind of trend going? So Paul, in his figures, said this morning that 14% of customers, now I don't know if that's 14% of all customers or 14% customers that are on cloud, um, are on Rise and 14% are planning mm. to go on Rise. Um, I would say... In terms, of, I mean, it's important to re to remember that it's it is a cloud program. It's mm. not it's not an S four program. Mm. But it sort of gets bundled up as as if it's as if it's S four. Um, most customers I talk to, and I, and it's and it's normally with within the context of a of an S four move, when they're when they're doing that as part of uh, when they're doing a move to cloud as part of that, are not going on rise. And one of the arguments I hear against it is, well, maybe two arguments. One one is it's not just about SAP. We have lots of other products and it's part of a wider cloud mm. program not just sap 
So RISE doesn't really answer that question for us. Um, and secondly, maybe some concern about being too tied in to SAP. Um, and one of the advantages of moving onto cloud is that, that new channel of innovation, mm. um, you know, maybe around sort of big data and analytics. Um, and, and to be tied into SAP, I do hear some reluctance around that. There's a, there's a macroeconomic challenge as well, which is you've bought the licenses and capitalized them over five, 10 years, and you're now flipping your spend to an OPEX budget. Mm. And some businesses just aren't structured to be able to deal with that overhead structure. Mm. So that's the biggest, one of the biggest obstacles I hear is, and if you wanted to ever move back from a, to, to an OPEX to a CAPEX model, how would that work? Mm. I think it's a big leap. If I was a CFO, I'd be, I'd be all over that. You'd be mm. worried about the change in your overhead yeah. kind of structure. And it's, they're big numbers, right? They're not insignificant numbers. Yeah. I hadn't realized that other point that was mentioned that, that every SAP customer had been entering in September with a 3% maintenance increase. I hadn't picked that up. That's quite scary as well. Yeah, at a, at a really challenging time. A really challenging yeah, time. Yeah, and, and also you get the 2027 to 2030 period where mm. it will go up again if you don't migrate. That's almost like compound interest, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Mikhail uh, talked a lot about trust. Uh, one of his key tenants. And I, I mean, I took away t two elements of that. Great that he was talking about it. There's a lot about, uh, you know, um, the, the success program and the, the importance of that. But it was kind of like, well, does that mean by, 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 by default there's an admission that there hasn't been trust there for a long period of time? And I think, you know, Emma, I keep pointing at you as a kind of a, a, a cold face, if you like. But, you know, do, do you think that trust is is returning or do you think it's going to be a long road? I mean, people do talk about it in their sessions and, you know, in the special interest groups. I think people, lots of people have very different views and different experiences. I think if you have been, if you feel you've been burned, it's hard to come mm. back from it. And that's certainly what we're hearing. Um, I think we see a lot of collaboration from SAP at events like this. And then you have to make sure that it really carries on when you're back, mm. back in the business and, you know, at, at the sort of sharp end of it. So, um, we yeah we can hope that it is getting um, more collaborative and and improving. I think that the messaging is right that we're hearing about the focus being on customer outcomes mm. rather than you know what's happening next quarter. Yeah. So uh, because a lot of these programs are going to be very very long term. So I think SAP have to be in it for the long haul if it's going to be successful. I, I feel like they have the balance at this conference um, about right. You know when I first came in. I think it was 2012, 2013. SAP didn't really have a presence here, hmm. um, and and now that they're, they're definitely part of the event, but at the same time they're not such an integral part of the event that UK Cyberfield they can't be critical. Yeah. Um, and you know if you look across at the states where you have Sapphire, you know it's a Sapphire slash ASUG hmm. conference. Here it's a it's a UK Cyberfield conference, but SAP have a role to play and they should be here, and I think that's right. Hmm. Now. Uh, I'm going to go to something that's probably far more important. So Craig came on this morning with Fiona Warburg. And there was a big, when we were here this time last year, when we were, those of us that managed to make it in the, the, the storm arm one and, and, and the uh, ice and the snow, there was a lot of focus about women in technology, women in SAP. Fiona was doing a great job this morning in explaining you know, what has been done. And I know, I mean, you sit on that board as well. I mean, what, what changes have you seen over that year um, and, the, and the impact? I think we see great engagement in it. I mean, it's, uh, as, as Fiona pointed out, it's difficult to see, you know, the, the impact 
rolling through to events like this because we're not seeing more female speakers yet. But some of the events that we've done, I mean, have been very, very well supported. I think mm. particularly the mentoring sessions that we've set up. So we've got some fantastic senior leaders from the SAP community who give up their time every month to do small group coaching sessions online. And, and the great thing about this special interest group is it's different from all the others. It's not just open to uh, customer organizations. It's anyone that's part of the SAP community. So we can we can gain a lot of experience from the bigger companies that have very well-established and well-funded um, women's business networks, for example, and, and learn a lot from them. So we're seeing really great engagement across a lot of the big suppliers who are supporting the events, providing speakers, hosting um, hosting sessions. So we want to do more of that next year. Uh, we do want to do more of the women-only speaker training because right. we think there's still a barrier to whatever it is to uh, yep. preventing women to come and stand up on at, at these kind of events. We just don't see enough representation, I think. So that's one of our key aims next year. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, I was uh, having a conversation with a few colleagues. Um, I say colleagues and sort of ex-colleagues and network across the board, but it, it, it does look like a, 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 a an old people's home for, for older men at the moment <laughs> around the conference floor. And I, I include myself in that. I'm not being too hard. But, you know, I think when I look back, you know, there was a big focus uh, in the mid-90s. Everything was done onshore. Uh, everything was done actually on client site. And then as we went through that bubble and into 2000, when there was that tail off from spend on IT projects in general because of the year 2000, at that time, I remember working in IBM and there being a mandate, right, we've got to have 10% offshored, and that continued. And so I genuinely think there's a, a, a gap now where we don't have the onshore um, skill set that we need to supply the, the S4 environment. So I think it's, it's, it's twofold. But within that, we don't have enough representation of women in that. And I know my organization is doing a lot to try to address that. I mean, what are, what are the key things that any listener on, on this can can do, both both female and male, to, to get involved with the group? Or? Yeah, yeah, to, to 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 really, and actually, but just wider than that. So both from the group, but actually in their own businesses as well. I think one of the key things we're focusing on this uh, at this conference is allyship, right? Because it's, I think first of all, it's not a problem for women to solve. And it's not something that women can solve, you know, on their own without the support of the wider community. So male allyship is really important in that. We've got a, a dedicated session on that at, at the conference this time. Yep. Um, and we want men to go to that, by the way. So the Women in SAP stream, obviously, I think the assumption is that this is women packing out the room. Yep. But this is the one that we want men to go to. So that you can learn how to sort of call out the you know behaviours, microaggressions that might go unnoticed yep. um, and, and be more alert to those and how you support women when they occur. So that's a really big thing. And I think representation is huge. You know, it's something you've got to crack that nut, right? Because people, it's important that people see somebody like them doing a role they want to do. And by the way, it's not just about technology roles, it's about business roles as well. As mm. we're saying, increasingly we're seeing these, yep. um, this community, you know, in, including the business people and, and change being led by the business. So it's anybody who really wants to, you know, be able to thrive in their organisation and particularly in a leadership role where we definitely need more representation. So turn up is the main thing. Excellent. Yeah. I think that's great. So I'm conscious that you've got another session to go to and we're already over time. Uh, 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 so thank you so much for making your time available at such short notice. And as ever, Ben, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.